South Carolina today, North Carolina on Friday. That's what the experts are saying is Hurricane Dorian is impacting the Carolina coast here today into tomorrow. This is y'all and this is our continuing coverage of this rather large storm that has caused so much havoc in the nation of the Bahamas and now it's impacting the South Carolina coast again today inland a little bit as well and we've got a lot of information to pass along about Hurricane Dorian here on this show produced by y'all.com and we also want to let you later this hour we're going to switch over to other headlines from across the southeast and then at the end of the hour we'll put a little happy face on and we'll tell you about some cool festivals going on across the southeast that's assuming dorian doesn't get in the way here in the in the coming days all that here in the first hour of y'all talk with a southern accent and then when we get to the second hour today we're going to have in addition to our sec spotlight we'll dive into what in the world's going on on rocky top oh my gosh talk about a dumpster in fuego and we've got information coming from the program that's not good tennessee fans you lost to georgia state last week and now you lose a bunch of players this week oh gosh tennessee what is going on with the big orange well we'll find out when we have our sec spotlight in the second hour plus we'll start off the second hour with a fun feature the 25 most southern rock names in southern rock oh this has got to do with the great singers of southern rock what are the 25 most southern rock names in that genre and we'll have some fun going down southern rock memory lane When we get to our second hour of today's show, 803-816-1170 is our tele. If you want to ring us here, our website, YALL.com, Instagram, Twitter, at Y'all Show. And you can find us on a couple of streaming apps as well. For example, the Apple Podcast app, the iHeart Radio app, and the TuneIn Radio apps, all free of charge. Simply search for Y'all Show and you'll see us right there awaiting your free download would love for you to listen to us each and every day at your leisure. And, of course, we want to thank our special lineup of radio affiliates that we have across the Southeast that cover the Y'all Show each and every day. All right, back to Dorian. Again, it's hitting and pounding the South Carolina coast specifically today. As on Wednesday, it kind of skirted past the North Florida area and kind of got past most of Savannah and Tybee Island and all that. Georgia and Florida, for the most part, it got off quite easy this storm has weakened but it could creep up at any time along the southeastern seaboard and that's why millions have been ordered to evacuate as forecasters said near record levels of seawater and rain could swamp both the georgia coast and the carolinas on the coastline there and of course we know this thing was a category five storm when it went into the bahamas a couple of days back and on wednesday at least it was down to a category two storm and and likely could go up go down depending on when you're having a chance to listen to our show the governor of south carolina is henry mcmaster he put a statement out that said we will experience hurricane force winds and at least gusts and he said that even if the hurricanes don't end up hitting the state directly there's still going to be wind and water and if you're in the coastal area that water can be treacherous as this storm is approaching the charleston area i think and again this is going to change by the minute i think it's going to impact the south carolina coast but south carolina maybe even north carolina going to get off a little bit a break here because the right hand side of the storm the the really rough side hopefully is going to stay out at sea or is still out at sea depending on again when you're listening to us but a flood chart that was posted by the national weather service projected a combined high tide and storm surge around charleston harbor 
of 10.3 feet. The record for that, 12.5 feet, was set in the hurricane that I survived in Hugo of 1989. And, of course, the Charleston area, specifically downtown, but all other parts of the low country of South Carolina, pretty low. I won't say it's New Orleans low, but they have flooding down there anyway, especially at high tide. And now with this storm coming I don't know exactly what time high time high tide is today, but I know as this storm was hitting around the Buford area and Hilton Head area, the tide was going to be more impactful there at that time here today. So let's keep our friends in South Carolina, especially in the low country in mind today. And as we said, we know that this thing's heading north and we want it to get out of here as fast as possible we actually already know of at least one death in north carolina as an 85 year old man died after falling from a ladder while he was getting ready for hurricane dorian the governor of north carolina roy cooper has warned of the threat of storm surge and flash flooding from heavy rains in the tar hill state and particularly the outer banks are going to be very exposed with dorian's passing and people are boarding up windows and going and getting all kinds of supplies from wilmington north carolina upwards on the north carolina coast so north carolina again this is going to be more of a friday event for you today south carolina but we already know of at least one person dead in north carolina well before the storm and that is very tragic news to have to report to you today Again, in North Carolina, well before the thing even came. Now, in South Carolina, more than 1,500 people have found shelter at areas around the South Carolina region in both the central and eastern portions of the Palmetto State. And American Red Cross officials say that these 1,500 people sought refuge, and they've got a total of 28 shelters in the state of South Carolina right now. And we know that you can help out the Red Cross, redcross.org is the website to go to for assistance there but yes people heeding the warning and this has been going on a couple of days in in henry master i think it was on monday i think that he ordered a mandatory evacuation most people took his advice on that and we're glad he did let's try to get through this as painless as possible now part of the reason that we're going to get through this is the great work of our national guard and there's about eight thousand national guard troops stationed in the four states that hurricane dorian is affecting and they're here to help out with relief efforts air and army national guard members activated in florida georgia and the carolinas and they were activated prior to the storm even touching down in those areas general joseph lingale the chief of the national guard bureau put a statement out that says as the storm moves north georgia south carolina north carolina will in succession add more forces to national guard structures that are in place as the national guard is coordinated between states and the federal government the national guard can also draw upon from a proven and highly trained force of over 450,000 guardsmen men and women alike soldiers and airmen from all 50 states if need be and we hope that most of the guardsmen from beyond the four states affected won't have to be activated but we know that our national guard is here to help out if need be and that's a great thing thank you national guard for your work and course we know that the national guard probably going to stay here stateside but hey our coast guard we don't want to leave them out and kudos to our u.s coast guard for helping out right now in the bahamas as the death toll there has climbed to at least 20 in that devastated country and our coast guard choppers are flying all over the islands of the bahamas trying to rescue people 
and it's just a sad scene if you've seen some of the islands of the bahamas that were taking that took a direct hit for hours like 24 to 36 hours this thing just kind of sat on top of the abaco islands and other areas the bahamian government sent hundreds of police officers and marines into the islands along with doctors nurses and other healthcare workers in an effort to reach drenched and stunned victims and help out in and kind of measure what this storm really did the parliament member iron lewis said right now there are just a lot of unknowns we need help and our coast guard along with britain's royal navy and relief organizations that include the u.n united nations and the red cross are helping out in the effort to rush food and medicine to survivors and lift the most desperate people to safety by these helicopters. Of course, the Royal Navy with their choppers and a lot of our Coast Guard choppers out there helping out our neighbors literally just an hour plane ride or helicopter ride from Florida over to places like Marsh Harbor. The storm pounded the Bahamas as a Category 5 storm with winds up to 185 miles per hour. And besides the awesome power of the the wind, you had torrential rain. It swamped neighborhoods. And I don't know, I'm sure you may have seen the footage now that's come out from the television cameras that were on the islands of the Bahamas. And it's just, it's got trash and debris strewn everywhere. They have a lot of those storage containers there in the Bahamas because of it being an island. And I guess they have a lot of storage containers. They store stuff. Normally, those things were just picked up and thrown all over the place. And we hope the Bahamas comes back strong, and we wish them all the best. Uh, in fact, on Wednesday, President Trump had a kind of a press conference there in the Oval Office where he addressed our Coast Guard's effort to help out the Bahamas. Now, one thing President Trump did not do, and I'm a little mad at him. I'm also mad at the media at the press conference on Wednesday where he was walking through all the Dorian-related stuff, he did not bring up our own U.S. Virgin Islands. Remember, this Hurricane Dorian started out south of our Virgin Islands, was expected to cross over Puerto Rico, and luckily it did kind of scoot to the right of Puerto Rico, but it went right over our own citizens on the Virgin Islands. And I haven't heard anything more about it, have y'all? And I'm concerned about St. Thomas and the other islands of our U.S. Virgin Islands. Perhaps it wasn't that big a deal. The storm was kind of just getting churning at that point last week. But I don't want to see our own citizens of the Virgin Islands at least get left behind because of what happens in the Bahamas. I'm selfish here. I want our U.S. citizens to get a lot of help first. And the president never brought up the Virgin Islands. And again, the media did not bring up the virgin islands they talked about bahamas and of course most of the conversation of both the president and the media had nothing to do with hurricane dorian it had to do with china and all kinds of other hate trump media that was out there looking for him to step on another landmine but we have to at least acknowledge our own citizens on the u.s virgin islands a place i've never been have y'all been to the virgin islands i hear it's a lovely place but one of my places to to go i'm still debating if i ever could go down there do i and i had an option do i go to the virgin islands our u.s virgin islands or do i go to puerto rico i really haven't researched it too much but i have done a little research and the virgin Islands looks pretty darn neat and beautiful and again they're our own citizens and we can fly there without any kind of passport anything like that let's hope they didn't get beat up too bad here this week with dorian and 
maybe I can go knock out both. You're actually not that far apart from each other, our Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. But yeah, we also need to support our southern travel destinations. And speaking of traveling south, I want to remind you, coming up later this hour, we've got Festive South. We're going to take a look at some awesome events going on here this weekend into next weekend and throughout the month of September if you want to go check out some of our really cool and unique festivals across the southeast well speaking of dorian we don't want to discount anything to do with the hurricane the former governor of florida and a current senator right now rick scott along with his fellow florida u.s senator marco rubio they asked president trump to waive visa requirements for bahamians who have been affected by the shattering blow of hurricane dorian the two republican lawmakers sent the president a letter outlining their reasoning citing their state's proximity to and relationship with the bahamas and they asked the president to make it easier for citizens of the bahamas to come to the united states to reside with relatives while they rebuild their lives and we think that that's likely going to be signed in by the president again a horrible horrible scene there in the bahamas and of course it is right there by florida and i've been intrigued by some of the interviews with bahamians to hear them speak and how island like they sound or they sound southern and most of them honestly if you put them in a room and said where are you from you couldn't really detect that they were from another country they sound like they're one of our uh, i guess our barrier islands residents in the southeast our our Gullah Geechee culture perhaps is a, a good example of kind of how their accent is but a lot of them do have the relatives living in south florida and just a, a short boat ride or helicopter ride between the bahamas and florida i'm sure that's going to be a likely destination or many of the Bahamians as they rebuild their country. But the two senators of Florida are certainly being proactive to try to help out their areas. Now, how can you help out? I went to worldvision.org. That is an organization that is often right in the middle of recovery from devastating floods and hurricanes and anything else going on in the world. And this is a faith-based organization that I wanted to tell you two things about their their role here one thing they say they have a website with a question how can i help people affected by tropical storms and other disasters and the first thing they have here and i'm going to read this is is pray and they have here please pray for people affected by tropical storms and hurricanes and here's a prayer almighty father we ask for your care and protection for people affected by destructive winds and floods Give them the assurance of your presence and equip those who will provide relief and assistance after the storm passes. Again, this from World Vision and a prayer that we should likely repeat over and over. And let's pray not only for those affected by the destructive winds and floods, but let's pray for those who are brave enough to go in there like our U.S. Coast Guard or along the coast of South Carolina today and or on North Carolina's coast Friday those brave enough in law enforcement or just volunteers to go in there and let's pray that they are able to help out and and not be injured themselves. Of course, worldvision.org also allows people to donate and you can go to worldvision.org and donate. They have a disaster relief in the USA button where you can choose several different choices from $50 up or you can choose your own amount, but they do a great job providing clean water and emergency food supplies They also help out World Vision with temporary shelter items such as tarps, tents, and air mattresses, hygiene kits and diapers, cleaning supplies, 
and they have flood muck out kits. So if you got flooded, they have something to help you clean up your house. I mean, people really in this kind of deal, they don't want to live off others if they don't have to. But sometimes, especially in the Bahamas, but perhaps in our Carolina coastline today, you're going to have to have help. You're going to have to help have help from somebody. And luckily, there's organizations like worldvision.org to help. There's organizations like theredcross.org to help out and others. Now to some fun stuff or some levity when it comes to Hurricane Dorian. And this hurricane passing by the Bahamas here this week has created at least some discoveries that people in Florida at least weren't exactly going to be looking out for. As police there say, 16 cocaine bricks have washed up on two beaches of the Sunshine State since Hurricane Dorian came through the area and was responsible for churning up waves that brought at least one brick to shore and in melbourne florida lieutenant trevor schaefer he said that an officer was on foot patrol on paradise beach park earlier this week and when he was out on patrol he said that he saw something suspicious that had apparently washed ashore and after the officer investigated he found a package that looked like a a narcotics passage package because it was the way it was wrapped (laughs) and sure enough It was a brick of cocaine there in the state of Florida. Estimated street value between $35,000 and $45,000. Somebody's going to be mad that this darn thing got missing. And somebody's probably going to have to pay. And really, truth be known, whoever lost this kind of valued cocaine brick needs to take it up with the Lord because the Lord is the one that brought along Hurricane Dorian. Now, in Cocoa Beach, at the end of last week, a beach gov- a beachgoer there discovered a red duffel bag that contained 15 bricks of cocaine. And in Cocoa Beach, that discovery had an estimated street worth between three hundred dollars and $450,000. So, hey, some good coming out of Hurricane Dorian, if nothing else, bringing in these bricks of cocaine. Where is Miami Vice when you need them? And, uh, what, what was their name uh don don whatever i'm, I'm drawing a blank here but uh, i'm trying to remember the character names they they need to be on the patrol there and and do some hurricane cleanup of narcotics there in florida now one more fun story from hurricane related issues in florida a man there well he had a valued car that he didn't want to have to lose when the storm the strong winds came through and this guy in in the florida area patrick eldridge he has a smart car a little tiny cute little car y'all might have seen them before going down the road you're like golly is that a go-kart or is that a car okay well this guy in his little smart car he decided to protect it and the way he protected his car so it wouldn't be out in the parking lot and get blown away or damaged by hurricane dorian passing by his home in jacksonville florida he decided to park it in his kitchen and this is about as redneck as it gets. Sure enough, this little car is parked right there where the dining room table would normally be in his home there in Jacksonville. And the car was put under ceiling lights with a pair of dogs next to it in this photo that I'm looking at. Yeah, little smart car. Hey, they've got some value. I guess you can bring them inside. In, in this case, that's what Mr. Eldridge did there in Jacksonville with his smart car. You can find this online if you if you think it's fake news. Yeah, it, it looks pretty darn real to me. And he parked there to protect it from the hurricane. Her His wife there said that her husband was afraid his car might blow away, so he parked it 
in that kitchen in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, there's a few rednecks in Jacksonville, Florida. This might be one of them there, Mr. Eldridge, in his smart car. But something tells me if you're a real redneck like me, you ain't going to have no smart car. You might have a smart pick up truck, but not a smart car. But we know now that you can bring that smart car out there in Duval County. You have escaped the winds, at least for now, of Hurricane Dorian. And that is our Dorian coverage here to start out this Y'all Show Thursday edition. After the break, stay with us. We are going to look at some headlines from across the southeast. In fact, we're going to go to El Paso. We're a couple there that got injured during that mass shooting at the Walmart in El Paso in August. They're now suing Walmart. And we told you earlier this week about Walmart deciding to ask customers to not bring guns into their store. Well, another southern giant chain has now asked customers to no longer carry guns in their stores. We'll tell you who that is as our Y'all Show rolls on. Honey, I just switched the family to Boost Mobile and we got so much more. Awesome. Like what? We got four free LG Stylo 5 phones for the whole family. Four lines for just $25 per line per month with unlimited gigs. I smashed up the car a bit. And they have a super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Whoa, four free LG... Wait, back up. Did you just say you... Four free LG Stylo 5 phones? Yep. No, no. Something about the car? Oh, you mean Boost Super Reliable, Super Fast Network. Before that, the car smashing thing. What? The smashing deal we got? Four lines for just $25 per line per month? No. Between the four lines for $25 per line per month and the unlimited gigs part, you said I smashed up the car a bit. I did. It's completely smashed. We need a new vehicle. But four free phones. Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. Offer ends 916.19 or while supplies last. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation. One free device per line. Includes mobile optimized data. Additional terms and restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. Y'all talk with a southern accent. And we want to hear your accent. Text or call 803-816-1170 with a question or a comment. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Y'all Show. Make sure to like the Y'all.com Facebook page and bookmark the website Y'all.com, which has bunches of great Southern reads. And get the on-demand editions at iTunes Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, and the iHeartRadio apps. Now back to the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. And we are looking forward to hearing from you. Love to get your feedback. Good, bad, and different. Thank you for sharing that information, madam. Well, we continue on with a look at headlines from across Dixie. And we go to El Paso, Texas, where a lawsuit has been filed by Guillermo and Jessica Garcia as they have filed a lawsuit against Walmart as they were injured in that mass shooting that happened way back in early August in the city of El Paso, that shooting that killed 22 people there in El Paso. And Guillermo Garcia has had to undergo several surgeries for his wounds and remains hospitalized in critical condition. His wife, Jessica, also hospitalized, but has since been released. And they're suing Walmart there because the store did not have adequate security in place. And because of that, they claim that's why this shooting happened. 22 people killed and people like themselves injured. We wish Mr. Garcia all the best as he has had a world of pain and problems since he was shot 
here a couple of weeks ago in El Paso. The suit also requests that a restraining order be imposed to preserve evidence found at the store and prevent Walmart from destroying or altering any relevant material. As Walmart announced two weeks ago that it will be reopening that El Paso store, but the interior of the building will first be rebuilt and the renovation will include an on-site memorial honoring the victims of the shooting. I think Walmart's going to try to tear that thing down as quickly as possible. It's just a bad memory, of course. This is in a very prime area of El Paso, and again, this is a tragedy. We don't wish this on any company. Uh, this could have happened to any company, frankly. Walmart, just this was their time, unfortunately. But this is this is a painful reminder. And what, what do you do in a case like this? And I know the executives of Walmart are, are going to try to do the best thing they possibly can, but this couple of right now maybe perhaps complicating things with a lawsuit toward the giant now walmart just came out this week and said that they are going to stop selling types of handgun ammunition but they also have requested customers not come into the stores with open carry guns and they're now not the only store to do that as cincinnati ohio based and they have a huge presence in many southern states like tennessee and the Carolinas and more. Kroger is now asking customers to no longer openly carry firearms in its store. And this announcement came just after Walmart made an announcement earlier this week. And Kroger stopped selling guns last year. I had no idea they even carried guns at one time in, in Kroger stores. A statement from Kroger said that the company has demonstrated with their actions that they recognize the growing chorus of Americans who are no longer comfortable with the status quo and who are for advocating for concrete and common sense gun reforms. And we're not sure how they're going to enforce the request. But, hey, if you're a gun-toting person that you love to have your gun, uh, I don't want people like Walmart or Kroger to be rude to you, especially if it's legal to carry a gun in a certain area or a certain state. But I bet you a lot of you who love to carry your gun, if you see a store asking nicely, hey, please don't bring a gun in our store, there are people who are a little bit weirded out by it and i'm one of those people if i just mentioned this on wednesday's y'all show i when i see a person walking down the street with a gun i think they're a cop i think they're a undercover investigator i guess they wouldn't be undercover if they had a gun <laughs> hanging out but they, they're one of the p people involved in law enforcement and then i find out there's just somebody who's out to look like a really tough person carrying a gun that that kind of gets me and i'm sorry if you're one of those people that's just how I feel. But evidently, I'm not the only one that feels that way. And I totally believe in guns. We've said it here. Guns are great. But I think sometimes people have that little attitude that comes along with having a gun, especially if it's open carry. I'm all about concealed weapons. Those are the best kind anyway, because you don't know what's coming if there's a problem. And boom, whoa, that guy had a gun. Okay, I better not rob this store anymore. I'm sure there's counter arguments to that. All right, here's a sad story coming from the Ashburn, Virginia area. A former West Virginia University student has now died, and this comes a decade after he was beaten into a vegetative state. Ryan Devaney, a 29-year-old, was with his family at their West Virginia cabin for the holiday weekend when he began struggling to breathe, and that's when the young man died and after he had to go to a hospital in Winchester, Virginia. And authorities have said that Ryan Viney and a friend got into an argument with a group of men outside a convenience store in Morgantown, West Virginia, 10 years ago. And a student from WVU, Jonathan May, punched Ryan, 
sending him tumbling to the ground where a man kicked him in the head. And these two who were involved sentenced to prison terms many years ago. But unfortunately, again, this guy who had been in a vegetative state there in both Virginia and and this happened in West Virginia, dying over the weekend at the age of 29 years old, 10 years after he was originally beat by fellow WVU students. News out of the Commonwealth of Virginia and in the Richmond or in the Arlington area, Richmond Highway is now the name of the road, Route 1, US 1, that goes from Washington, D.C. to the state capital of Richmond. And of course, for nearly a hundred years, that road has been called Jefferson Davis Highway and street signs are being changed this week on US 1 south of Washington, D.C. as the Commonwealth Transportation Board approved the name change this spring after a request from the Arlington County Board as the county had long wanted to change the name of Jefferson Davis Highway to something else. And the General Assembly named this road way back in 1922, and a delegate in Virginia, Mark Levine, said this was done to promote white supremacy. I don't think so, Delegate Levine. I think it was done because Jefferson Davis was the president of the Confederate States, of which the capital was in Richmond, Virginia. And 100 years ago, it was perfectly fine and cool to celebrate the Confederacy, as it should be now. And this is just another example of people losing their mind over Confederate stuff, as this guy is in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Which, by the way, it has been kind of cool, if you're a Southerner like me, to be in Washington, D.C. And this has all been changed, as Alexandria changed its name of Route 1 in January. But you could be in Washington, D.C., cross over the Potomac River, and immediately be on the Jefferson Davis Highway, right there in the shadows of D.C., our nation's capital and you have a Confederate highway right there. I, I kind of thought that was cool. Unfortunately, I won't have that pleasure anymore because of nincompoops like Delegate Mark Levine, who says this was done to promote white supremacy. I don't think so. It was done to honor. And we still have Jefferson Davis Highway still goes, by the way, on US-1 through the states of Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. And, and I hope that doesn't change. And I know, for example... In South Carolina, there's a marker on the Statehouse grounds right where US-1 passes by on the Statehouse grounds. There's a marker for Jefferson Davis Highway put up, I guess, 100 years ago. And it's a highway, for goodness sake. That, that's, that's the story out of the Commonwealth of VA here on today's Y'all Show. Now, let's get into a little bit more political talk, sort of, all right? And the political talk we're talking about is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she's actually alive. <laughs> That's good news. But she's also been in the South this week. I thought we were about to bury her a couple of days ago. If y'all remember the story where she's been dealing with cancer treatments and she's had all this thing. You talk about a fighter. She's 86 years old and she was in North Little Rock earlier this week and she did a Q&A and she packed an arena there, said she was feeling very good there in arkansas as she came and spoke and like we said she was very public and you can actually find the video of ruth bader ginsburg speaking in the natural state if you just do a simple google search now our supreme court justice ginsburg she had colorectal cancer this was 20 years ago she had pancreatic cancer 10 years ago and she had lung cancer surgery in december and she's still going strong 13,000 people attended this event for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It was hosted by the Clinton Foundation and the University of Arkansas's Clinton School of Public Service. 
and they had a waiting list to attend there in North Little Rock. President Bill Clinton praised Ginsburg as he introduced her at the event there in Little Rock, North Little Rock to be specific, at the big arena there. And her speech is uh, one of many that she's had here recently, public appearances where she has kind of been talking about her health. For example, she's had radiation treatment. Her health has been watched closely by both conservatives and liberals since it's believed the court with, with the U.S. Supreme Court would shift even more to the right if the president nominated someone to replace her. And President Clinton actually alluded to that. He said, all of us hope that she will stay on the court forever. <laughs> I bet you do, Slick Willie. But Ruth Bader Ginsburg in North Little Rock this week, and that's, that's a good thing. She is certainly a Billy bad you-know-what, if nothing else, for her ability to survive now three different forms of cancer that's that's pretty amazing she's on the right side of history evidently all right more celebrities in the state of arkansas as our usda secretary also was in the natural state sonny purdue he made a stop in arkansas on wednesday his third visit to the state since 2017 as he was out visiting companies like vantage mid-south precision agriculture which helps growers utilize technology to make a substantial difference in productivity. And again, Sonny Purdue, he addressed concerns about China and how the president's handling trade talks with the country and about the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, the deal that's going to replace NAFTA. And Purdue said, I think the rest of the world is watching very closely and saying, if you can't get this done with your nearest neighbors, how do you expect us to trade with you? And during his visit, Sonny Padue, the Secretary of Agriculture, signed a stewardship agreement alongside Governor Asia Hutchinson during their visit in Carlisle, Arkansas. So celebrities aplenty in Arkansas here this week. More headlines coming in from across the southeast. And we go to a guy that I love to tune in and watch when I get a chance. But I noticed the other day he was not on NBC Nightly News and that's because he was in jail. Lester Holt, oh gosh, he was in jail. He was in the Louisiana State Penitentiary, but he was there doing a report on criminal justice reform. No, Lester didn't get put in jail in Louisiana for anything bad. He's simply doing his job as a journalist. But at first, I was like, it's dangerous, he said about his stay in Louisiana. This is one of the most notorious prisons in the world, and you want to lock me up? What about safety? As he went to this place, and I guess Angola is where he went. And this is for a Dateline NBC report uh, that's going to be airing soon. Lester Holt in prison, albeit kind of uh, with the blessing of the officials in Louisiana. By the way, that Angola prison, it's right on the Mississippi River, north of Baton Rouge. And it is a cool place. I mean, you don't want to go there as a prisoner, but it's a 28 square mile former plantation with 5,500 inmates there at angola in louisiana in fact they have their own rodeo there that brings out a lot of people they grow their own crops they even have their own radio and television station and yours truly has had programming on that radio station in angola prison so i I think it's k l s p louisiana state penitentiary call letters all right more celebs coming to louisiana but they're not going to be going to prison although some of you out there might these people need to go to prison. Rashida Tlaib, Maxine Waters, and other Democratic leaders coming to Tulane University, where they're going to be part of a summer convention at Tulane for the college Democrats. And they're going to be giving speeches. Maxine Waters of California, Tlaib of Michigan, Cedric Richmond of Louisiana, 
and also former Representative Stacey Abrams of Georgia, who ran for governor in that state. And they're all participating here in this America 2019 Summer Convention hosted at Tulane University. So that's going to be one heck of a lineup of Democratic and, and liberal leaders there, the College Democrats of Louisiana hosting this. And we'll have to see what comes out of that. By the way, some of these congresswomen are on their way back to D.C., I assume, because as we reported earlier this week, Congress is back in session come Monday. So no more going to Tulane and going to the Big Easy. They got they got to get back to the Hill and do some work in Washington, D.C. Samuel Jackson, not Samuel L. Jackson, but Samuel Jackson is a North Alabama native. He went to high school in Madison, just outside of Huntsville. And now he's a student at Notre Dame University, or is it University of Notre Dame? Indy, you know, place up in Indiana. He is the second black leprechaun mascot in Notre Dame's history, and now he's receiving racially sensitive attacks on social media. It's not going to keep him from doing his job rooting on the Irish, which the Irish had a big win in week one at Louisville here this week. But yes, there are some really terrible racially sensitive remarks out on social media about this guy. And again, he's a Alabaman now at Notre Dame, and he's the leprechaun, a, 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 a talented black student there at Notre Dame and the black leprechaun. And I guess some people have problems with that. And uh, we wish him well there, Mr. Jackson, Samuel Jackson, Madison, Alabama. By the way, did you see this weekend I was tuned in and I saw the Jackson State Bethune-Cookman game at Georgia State Stadium. This would have been on Sunday. And they had a mascot that went out of control. They, the Jackson State Tiger went and jumped on some players that just had scored a touchdown. And he actually got a flag. And the official actually said, uh, personal foul to the Jackson State mascot. Oftentimes, they don't really get into such detail when they give those kind of fouls. It's pretty funny if you get a chance to take a look at that while we're in the subject of talking about mascots here on today's Y'all Show. Let's talk a little country music celebrities, if you don't mind. And, hey, Dirks Bentley, he had a little problem out in Colorado. He's been fined $139 for fishing without a license after Colorado concert goers. They reported him to state officials. Man, that's not very country music-like. As Dirk Bentley, Dirks Bentley and his fellow star Luke Bryan, they talked on stage about fishing during a festival in Buena Vista, Colorado. And that's when audience members contacted the Colorado Parks and Wildlife Department to check whether the singers had fishing licenses. I mean, give me a break. I mean, these guys are country music stars. Officials say the reports alone were not enough to warrant action, but Bentley posted online proof Sunday. And a photo posted on social media shows him holding a brown trout in Cottonwood Creek in the central Colorado town. A Parks and Wildlife spokesman says an officer located Bentley in Buena Vista Issued him a ticket. Bentley paid the fine in cash on the spot. You know, he's not happy. I mean, these, I guess, were his own fans. And he was bragging about catching a fish in Colorado. And darn it, his own fans turned him in. That, that ain't cool. Oh, man. I guess they're environmentalists there in Colorado that don't want to see their fish be caught up by some darn Tennessee singer. Well, speaking of Tennessee and singers, if you want to hear Garth Brooks sing Rocky Top, you just might have your chance as it was announced on Wednesday that the 12-time CMA Entertainer of the Year, 
Mr. Brooks is going to perform at Neyland Stadium in Knoxville on Saturday, November 16th. Of course, if you go back 16 years, UT diehard Kenny Chesney used to do these concerts at Neyland Stadium, and they haven't had a concert at Neyland right on the banks of the Tennessee since 2003. And now Garth Brooks has been green-lighted, or should I say big orange-lighted. They need something fun going on there in Neyland Stadium this year, and he's going to be performing there. And it's going to help Tennessee celebrate its 225th anniversary. The University of Tennessee, I guess, is that old. Congratulations, UT. So Garth Brooks at UT. Remember last year, speaking of Notre Dame a minute ago, he played there at Notre Dame Stadium. And now going to be playing at the home of the Big Orange. Again, it's going to be November 16th. And again, Neyland has well over 100,000 seats there. So if you've never seen Garth in concert, you've got a chance to see that it will be the first concert again since 2003 and just the third concert in Neyland Stadium's nearly 100 year history. I know Kenny Chesney got one of those concerts in. He had Brooks and Dunn, Dina Carter, a UT alum, by the way. Keith Urban, Rascal Flats were all part of that event. That had 49,000 people there at that event. And then Garth Brooks is going to be trying to best that here pretty soon. I, I think I would go to see this in knoxville tennessee if you have a chance to see the garth man well that is our look at headlines from across the south when we come back we got a quick look at some of our festivals that are going on right this minute and also throughout the rest of september that's up it's our festive south don't go anywhere I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Baby, it's our turn. We were always looking for tuna. 
We're back. It is our last segment here in this first hour of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. And it's Festive South. Go get in that car. Go get in that truck. Go get on your motor scooter or bicycle and head to the South. Head all over the South for some awesome festivals going on here throughout the month of September. And we've got a list of some of those events for you to consider going to. This weekend in Bowling Green, Kentucky, it's the Holly L.S. Festival there in the Corvette capital of the world, lsfest.com, the website to go check out what's going on there in western Kentucky. This weekend, taking place in Huntersville, North Carolina, it's the Rural Hill, Rural Hill Amazing Maze, and that is going on right now through November 3rd. Yes, it's just about time for Halloween, and you can go to ruralhill.net and get connected to the amazing maze. All right, that's this weekend. Now, let's move into next weekend, if you're going to be making your plans accordingly. In Norcross, Georgia, next weekend, it's the Gateway International Festival, norcrossga.net, the website to go to to learn more about what's going on in that Atlanta area town, Norcross, the Gateway International Festival. Near Norcross, not far from Norcross, is Roswell. And next weekend, it's the Back to Your Roots Farm Fair, that's a awesome event there that you can go check out in Roswell going on September 15th. In Ocean Springs, Mississippi, coming up September 9th, 13th through the 22nd, lovely artistic town there on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And it's the Mississippi Songwriters Festival taking place right there in Jackson County across the bridge from Biloxi. MSSongwritersFestival.com, the website to learn more about the Mississippi Songwriters Festival in Ocean Springs. Go Greyhounds. September 23rd to 22nd in Augusta, GA. It's the Arts in the Heart of Augusta Festival. Artsintheheartofaugusta.com, the website to learn more about that event there in the CSRA. Coming up that same weekend, September 20th through the 22nd, in the twin towns of Bristol, Tennessee and Bristol, Virginia, it's the Bristol Rhythm and Roots Reunion. Go to birthplaceofcountrymusic.org. Love that title, birthplaceofcountrymusic.org. Of course, that's, again, where the original recording of Jimmy Rogers and the Carter family all happened in Bristol. I don't know if it was Bristol, Tennessee or Virginia. I think it was Bristol, Tennessee. Hey, awesome town you can go right down the street there and you can be in both states if you choose to do so neat place there in east tennessee and southwest virginia of course jekyll island georgia this is going to be a couple weeks from now so hopefully the storm that's been passing through that area will not affect jekyll island as they get ready to host september 20 and 22nd the jekyll island shrimp and grits festival Ooh, sign me up for that jekyllisland.com you spell jekyll by the way j-e-k-y-l-l jekyllisland.com you can go and learn more about this event going on there in jekyll island September 20th through 22nd. The same weekend in Atlanta, it's the Japan Fest 2019, japanfest.org, the website for that event in the capital city of the Peach State. Jackson, Mississippi, coming up September 21st, it's the Mississippi Science Fest, mssciencefest.org, the website to go to for that. In Macon, Georgia, it's the Oak Mulgee Indian Celebration coming up September 21st and 22nd, oakmulgeemounds.org, the website for that. Sewanee, Georgia, it's Sewanee Fest, taking place September 21st through 22nd, sewaneefest.com. Sewanee just to the northeast of downtown Atlanta. Hey, all you Andy Griffith fans, Check this out in Mount Airy, kind of sort of uh, Andy Griffith's hometown there. Mayberry Days taking place September 23rd through the 29th of this month. Mayberry Days 
com. And last but not least, in Huntsville, Alabama, coming up September 25th through the 29th, it's the Crush Wine and Food Festival, CrushWineFestival.com, where you can go and learn more about this fun event in Madison County, Alabama. And those are a list of some of the fun things for you to do here. And we haven't even got to the end of September. Perhaps next week on Y'all, I'll tell you about some cool stuff going on in places like Chattanooga and Kingwood, West Virginia, and even in Malden, West Virginia. Those are some events going on that we'll just have to save for next week's Festive South. When we come back in Hour 2 of Y'all, we've got something fun and something Southern. It's the 25 most Southern rock names in Southern rock. And we've got that plus our SEC Spotlight. You don't want to miss out on the fun. This is Y'all. Honey, I just switched the family to Boost Mobile and we got so much more. Awesome. Like what? We got four free LG Stylo 5 phones for the whole family. Four lines for just $25 per line per month with unlimited gigs. I smashed up the car a bit. And they have a super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Whoa, four free LG... Wait, back up. Did you just say you... Four free LG Stylo 5 phones? Yep. No, no. Something about the car? Oh, you mean Boost Super Reliable, Super Fast Network. Before that, the car smashing thing. What? The smashing deal we got? Four lines for just $25 per line per month? No. Between the four lines for $25 per line per month and the unlimited gigs part, you said I smashed up the car a bit. I did. It's completely smashed. We need a new vehicle. But four free phones. Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. Offer ends 916.19 or while supplies last. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation. One free device per line. Includes mobile optimized data. Additional terms and restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app with plans at up to 50% off right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less. And... You can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. For a limited time, get select Babbel plans for up to 50% off. Just go to Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Back into y'all talk with a accent on all things Southern. I'm John Rawl. You can find the y'all show on the web at y'all.com. Also an Apple podcast, tune in radio and the iHeart radio apps. Oh, free of charge. And also on great radio stations across the Dixie. So glad to have you back. We've got hurricane Dorian that's affecting the Carolinas here in the next 24, 48 hours. Our thoughts are certainly with our Carolinians and we hope you get through this thing as painless as possible. And you can go back to our first hour for more coverage of Hurricane Dorian if you're listening to the podcast edition of Y'all. But hey, we've got so much negativity and bad things and scary things going on that we just need to we just need to change course for a second. So let's let's kill that music there. And uh let's play this one right here. Yeah. 
that that'll get us in a little bit better mood, won't it? That is a Southern Rock standard, of course, by Skinner. And so, as we start this second hour today of y'all, and we we've got SEC talk coming up in just a few minutes, and Lord knows there's some SEC teams that need to be jamming out to some Southern Rock music to get them on the right side of things. But right now, thanks to AL.com, we have got an article. We've just kind of got to walk through it with you here. We're going to walk through it and hold hands with the 25 most Southern Rock musician names in Southern Rock. Now, I don't know what Matt Wake was on when he came up with the idea to write this, but hey, it's worth a listen, okay? And we want to give Matt all the credit here for a really original feature on AL.com. He says he spent a morning digging through liner notes, books, and the internet for the most Southern rock names ever. And he's come up with his list, okay? And some of this may be news to you, some of these names, and some of it may be, oh, of course, okay. And and some of this you might even have a problem with the actual band. You might think, well, that ain't Southern rock. I'm just repeating what, again, AL.com's got 25 most Southern rock musician names in southern rock okay and i bet you bottom dollar that leonard skinner band's gonna have a couple of names here in this list okay so don't you worry matt ain't that dumb okay matt wake good job here here we go here's matt's list i don't know what the science was behind these choices but i'm just going to be relaying them to you and you can go to al.com and come up with your own take on it mike cooley a great southern rock name of course mike cooley part of the drive-by truckers and they had the 2001 track Zip City. So I didn't think you could have Southern Rock if you made it here in this century, but shows what I know. Mike Cooley, good Southern Rock name. Another good Southern Rock name, Jimbo Hart, part of Jason Isbell and the 400 unit uh, bassist and a connoisseur with the contemporary Southern version of vintage unsouthern Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. He's putting a lot of thought in this list, okay? Jim Bohart. Hey, let's go to the Allman Brothers Band and the member of that band, Barry Oakley. Not Barry. Barry. Barry, B-E-R-R-Y. A late Southern rock icon, swinging bass, and intuitive counterpoint helped make early almonds a live force of nature rarely seen since the late barry oakley of the almond brothers the number 23 southern rock name ricky medlock a member of blackfoot and leonard skinner and according to the writer matt you brought an arena rock performance style and was a huge part of both blackfoot and leonard skinner and he says he helped keep the excitement in latter day skinner shows ricky medlock all right, number 21, another Skinner alum, Billy Powell, as he played some of the solos in Skinner classics such as Freebird and Sweet Home Alabama, and he did some of that on a signature white piano of his. Okay, there you have it. Leonard Skinner's Billy Powell, one of the great Southern rock names. Now, I've told you before, if you've listened to my show I don't fancy myself as a Southern rock aficionado. I, I like it. Some of it's really good. Some of it, I just don't really know. I didn't grow up in the seventies or I didn't grow up listening to Southern rock in the seventies. And of course we know the standards like sweet home Alabama and some of the almond brothers, but a lot of this stuff is new to me. So when we mention some of these names, I've not heard of some of these people, but I know you probably have because y'all are a lot smarter than your gracious host. All right. Number 20 on this list of, again, the best Southern Rock musician names in Southern Rock. We go 
to number 20 Bobby Shea White Witch drummer with this Tampa combo who stretched sonic parameters and the Southern Rock label Capricorn Records based out of Macon Georgia by the way and Bobby Shea White Witch there with that number 20 name number 19 Tommy Talton co-founder of one of Southern Rock's most underrated groups Cowboy and Talton also, he played guitar on Greg Allman's debut LP, Laid Back. Tommy Talton, T-A-L-T-O-N, of Cowboy, number 19 on this list. ZZ Top, oh yeah, that's a band that kind of made some great records in the 80s. Dusty Hill of that band, this bassist for one of the ZZ Top, one of the trio there, and he was a huge part of Tush and Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers, and dusty hill a great southern rock name it's getting interesting now with number 17 from hydra orville davis and according to matt here laid down low end on metallic boogie glitter queen a song more southern rock fans should be hip to so he's trying to educate us here with his list of 25 names here matt wake of ahill.com and the 25 most southern rock musician names in southern rock i haven't seen john yet although there's good news coming up here in just a couple of numbers charlie star blackberry smoke that's a band that's making music these days and charlie star he's the front man and he's in here at number 16 and he has performed on waiting for the thunder and he's at 16 now here's a john johnny colt of black crows and he's a bassist he helped bring a harder edge to the black crows early recordings According to Matt, the band's best by far, Johnny Colt, and he's at number 15. Now, here's a guy that I wouldn't even have considered Southern Rock because I, I consider him country music. But if you really think about it, the Kentucky Headhunters, of which we play their songs every Monday when our Teller of Tales from Takapola drops by, Jerry Short, and we play the Ballad of Davy Crockett cut by the Kentucky Headhunters back in the early 90s. Ricky Lee Phelps is the lead singer of the Kentucky Headhunters. And this country music group had a Southern rock feel with songs like Dumas Walker and Walk Softly on This Heart of Mine, which was actually an old Bill Monroe song that they really turned it up loud and strong on Picking on Nashville, their Mercury Records debut back in the early 90s. But yes, Ricky Lee Phelps of the Kentucky Headhunters. I, I, I never really had thought of the Headhunters as Southern rock, but yeah, we'll go ahead and put them in that category great sound ricky lee and his brother doug actually broke away from the headhunters around 93 to form they became brother phelps and they had one or two mild hits there and i don't know if ricky lee's part of the kentucky headhunters today but doug his brother is a part of the modern kentucky headhunters and they do have gigs across the southeast if you have a chance to see them highly encourage you to go check out the headhunters and they're from Metcalf County, Kentucky, by the way. Precious Harris country. All right, Randall Bramlett, and he's part of Sea level along with Almond Brothers expatriate Chuck Level. He gave the Almonds spinoff a dual keyboard attack and handled vocals on fusion tunes like That's Your Secret. Randall Bramlett of Sea level Had no idea. All right, here's a name that if you know anything about Southern Rock, you're familiar with the name Dickie Betts of the Almond Brothers and Great Southern. And we just lost him a few years ago. Of course, he was a guitar-picking son of a gun and singer of Blue Sky and Ramblin' Man. 
And he also composed a couple of instrumentals like In Memory of Elizabeth Reed, Dickie Betts, Almond Brothers, great, at number 12 on this list of some of the best Southern rock names. Love this name. And I still remember in the early 90s when he passed away suddenly, Toy Caldwell of the Marshall Tucker Band, as he was a lead guitarist and songwriter. And he had, of course, the lead on Can't You See? And this South Carolina Spartanburg, to be specific, bass band was great. Marshall Tucker Band. And I know Doug's still doing some singing now, but Toy Caldwell, he had just kind of started to have some country music songs recorded in the early 90s when he passed away. I think of a heart attack. Toy, T-O-I, great name. Who doesn't like a toy? And Toy Caldwell comes in at number 11 on this list of the 25 most Southern rock musician names in Southern rock. All right. Toys right there at that number. And coming in at number 10, I love the guy's initials, J.R. Cobb of Atlanta Rhythm Section, a former ta- jazz ting guitar duo with Barry Bailey on Sickly Jams, like So Into You. And he's at number 10 on Atlanta Rhythm Section's list here jr cobb number nine stevie ray vaughn a true legend in southern rock and of course he was considered a guitar god and he could make the blues big in a hair metal dominated decade stevie ray vaughn those are the words of matt here in the al.com feature rob roy walker of stillwater approximately 23 years before the fictional almost famous hard rockers Rob Roy Walker played guitar for the non-fictional Georgia combo of the same name known for the talk box goose hit Mind Bender. I'm going to have to do some research here during the break and find out some of these songs. If they're on the list here this high, I need to know more about people like Rob Roy Walker Stillwater. Oh, Matt. Matt outdid himself here. Matt Wake of AL.com with his list here. Great work. Great research. And kudos to you there, Matthew. Coming in at number seven, Ella Brown Avery of Wet Willie, a backing vocalist. You can hear Ella Brown Avery on Keep On Smiling, a Mobile-founded combo, and, and had Jimmy Hall on front, and they had Mama Don't Raise No Fools, Ella Brown Avery, Wet Willie, a great Southern rock name. Now it gets fun as we get to number six, Molly Hatchett's Danny Joe Brown, and what an awesome talent there. And you can hear him on Flirting with Disaster, sporting a mean stash as well. Danny Joe Brown of Molly Hatchet. Grinders with Joe Dan Petty, Almond's roadie who played bass with Capricorn Act, whose instrumental jam, Picking the Blues, became the theme song for the BBC radio DJ John Peel. I had no idea. Again, with Grinders with Joe Dan Petty coming in at number five. Now we get to the top five of our great southern rock names okay and we have a female here at number four and that is shauna tucker of drive-by truckers you can hear her rocking a fender bass or a floral print with the best and wrote and sang three killer songs on the 28 2008 lp brighter than creation's dark and of course she also was part of i'm sorry houston and she would go on to help make more records with drive-by truckers shauna tucker number four and now we come to Allman Brothers band legend Dwayne Allman. And again, according to Matt, just the greatest electric slide guitarist to ever walk the earth. That's his thoughts on Allman Brothers rocker Dwayne Allman. Allman Brothers southern rocker Dwayne Allman. Another Allman Brothers band alum, 
Butch Trucks. Love that name. How does somebody in the South have the last name Trucks? Well, he does. Butch Trucks. And this late Southern rock icon, he once told Modern Drummer Magazine that he and fellow Almonds percussionist J-Mo Johansson didn't work out their parts, yet the Almonds dual drums always seem jazz tasty. Pretty colorful words there from Matt here in this article. Again, the article at AL.com if you want to go check it out. The 25 most Southern rock musician names in Southern rock. And we come to the number one most Southern rock song, according our Southern rock name, according to Matt Wake of AL.com. And hey, no surprise here. Ronnie Van Zant, Leonard Skinnerd, and an anthem writing, nose breaking, bird song voice legend, according to Matt of the Leonard Skinner band, Ronnie Van Zant, who, of course, we lost way, way too soon in that 1970s plane crash. And luckily, as with Patsy Cline or Jim Reeves or any of the great singers that we've lost, Buddy Holly, for example, yes, they died tragically way too early in their lives. But thankfully, because they were singers and songwriters and musicians, period, we have that recording of their talent that will be forever with us. And that's something we can be grateful for, and that's why writers out there like Matt Wake of AL.com can come up with really cool articles like the 25 most Southern rock musician names in Southern rock. What will he come up with next if given an opportunity? In fact, I, I can tell you one thing, that if you go on to his website right now, you can come up. There's a link in this article, 25 Southern rock live albums you should know, and that, again, at AL.com. So I, I think that might make some good fodder for a future Y'all.com spotlight of Southern rock music. All right. When we come back after the break, it's SEC time. And man, in Knoxville, Tennessee, heads are uh, scratching. They're scratching in Columbia, South Carolina. And in some places, they're pretty happy these days. And we will break it all down for you. We've got all the info. And if we're lucky, we're going to squeeze in some coaches audio from that coach of the Tennessee Vols, Jeremy Pruitt. And... LSU coach Ed Orgeron, Coach O and the Tigers have a big game Saturday at Austin, Texas. They're on the 40 acres to take on the Texas Longhorns. And will LSU be able to represent the SEC proudly? We will discuss it all when our SEC spotlight arrives after the break. Honey, I just switched the family to Boost Mobile and we got so much more. Awesome. Like what? We got four free LG Stylo 5 phones for the whole family. Four lines for just $25 per line per month with unlimited gigs. I smashed up the car a bit. And they have a super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Whoa, four free LG... Wait, back up. Did you just say you... Four free LG Stylo 5 phones? Yep. No, no. Something about the car? Oh, you mean Boost Super Reliable, Super Fast Network. Before that, the car smashing thing. What? The smashing deal we got. Four lines for just $25 per line per month? No. Between the four lines for $25 per line per month and the unlimited gigs part, you said I smashed up the car a bit. I did. It's completely smashed. We need a new vehicle. But four free phones. Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. Offerings 916-19 or while supplies last. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation. One free device per line. Includes mobile optimized data. Additional terms and restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. 
I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant, and I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Not sure how much Tennessee fans had a chance to hear that last weekend as the Big Orange dropped a home game to Georgia State in week one of college football. This weekend on Rocky Top, the BYU Cougars head all the way from Utah to East Tennessee for a matchup. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent, and we'll tell you about the Vols. In fact, Jeremy Pruitt, we've got some audio of the Tennessee coach coming up in the next segment here. This is our SEC Spotlight, getting you ready for Saturday's kickoffs across the SEC. And after that loss to Georgia State this past weekend, Tennessee is reevaluating itself. In fact, the Vols held a players-only meeting after this loss to Georgia State, a stunning 38-30 setback to a team that in 2018, Georgia State was 2-10. and And we know that Tennessee is having a hard time with this, and again, According to one of the players for Tennessee, Theo Jackson, he said this week that Tennessee held this players-only meeting on Sunday after that loss to GSU, and this was an attempt to move past their very disappointing loss to the Sunbelt program, and he said that they all came together on Sunday, and we all just met without the coaches to go over, like, what do we need to do to get better in the future, and don't let this happen again. Jackson, one of the four UT players who met with reporters on Tuesday of this week, said the mood and environment around UT's facility the past couple of days has definitely been down because of how the team played in their loss to Georgia State, who were nearly four touchdown underdogs going into that game at Neyland Stadium last weekend. So Georgia State, a four-touchdown underdog, ends up winning by eight points. Is that not crazy? Oh, Man, again, Tennessee and BYU heading your way on 7 at 7 Eastern on this college football Saturday from ESPN. It's going to be televising that game. We've got more of the actual details of not only this game, but the rest of the SEC to pass along in just a few minutes. Now, other news coming out of the Hill in Knoxville, Tennessee. Reserve wide receiver Jordan Murphy and defensive back Terrell Bailey have now left Tennessee's football program. Jeremy Pruitt said Wednesday during his teleconference with the SEC coaches that both players had chosen to leave the program. Neither Bailey nor Murphy actually played in that 38-30 season opening loss to Georgia State. And the coach said that Murphy had been sick over the last week. Earlier this week, Murphy's Twitter account retweeted a tweet poking fun at how Georgia State upset Tennessee. And he said that actually Georgia, and this is true, Georgia State beat Tennessee and, oh, by the way, they got $950,000 to play that game. The tweet was actually deleted later. 
Murphy is a junior from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. He played in 10 games for the Big Orange and caught 11 passes for 155 yards and one touchdown in the 2018 season. He also ran for 58 yards and two carries. And the other player, Terrell Bailey, he actually is a sophomore from New Orleans. He played in four games in 2018 and didn't post any stats. So Tennessee with some departures. The Rats are fleeing the ship here, it appears, along the banks of the Tennessee. But two players leaving the program after a tumultuous week. Now, Tennessee's loss to Georgia State. Not exactly the only really tough day for an SEC program. As we look back on the Week 1 matchups, I have to also say South Carolina's poor performance against Mac Brown's North Carolina Tar Heels, something to kind of single out as we pile on our poor-performing SEC programs from Week 1. North Carolina roars back with 15 fourth-quarter points, and they upset South Carolina 24-20 at Bank of America Stadium. Mac Brown and his return as UNC's coach, a great job there. South Carolina, we've got more info on them in just a second. But, yes, it was it was tough going for Jake Bentley behind center. We, we, we actually kind of have a reason for that, perhaps. But in the Battle of the Carolinas there in Charlotte, the Hills emerged victorious over the South Carolina Gamecocks. Now, it was a little bit of a nail-biting day out at Reynolds Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville. Arkansas won. That's what really matters. But the way they won was a little bit scary if you're a Razorback fan. Arkansas beat FCS opponent Portland State. 20 to 13 i say again 20 to 13 they held off portland state for the win there in fayetteville in week one and if they can barely beat this program that came in all the way from the left coast to play in the ozarks man this is not a good statement for what's going on there with the razorback football program this year it was bad enough last year it may not be that much better here in 2019. Sorry, Razorback fans, just kind of stating the obvious. Another SEC team that kind of dropped it this past weekend, the Missouri Tigers. They had to rally to make this game even respectable, but they lose at Laramie against the Wyoming Cowboys 37-31 as Missouri did get two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, again, to make it a little bit closer than the actual result. But Kelly Bryant is the new signal caller for the Mizzou Tigers and perhaps he's just not quite ready tough tough opponent going all the way out to the mountain west conference and having a game on their turf is a challenge there for coach odom but missouri loses that game in a game that sec pride was certainly on display it's sec versus the mountain west and in this case the home team cowboys come out with the 37 31 victory other teams of sec related news that we can tell you that was also one not very good result the Memphis Tigers defeated the Mississippi Landsharks 15-10 as the Tigers were kind of roaring most of the day. It kind of got a little close in the fourth quarter with a touchdown by the Sharks and Matt Luke, but Memphis emerged at Liberty Bowl Stadium with a victory over their mid-state rival, the Mississippi Landsharks, and the Sharks now get into SEC play this weekend. We'll tell you about that matchup in just a few minutes here on the Y'all Show, but never good if you're a fan of the red and blue to lose to Tiger High. And that's what happened on Saturday in Memphis, Tennessee, with the Sharks losing to the Memphis Tigers. Now, that other Mississippi school, they did a pretty good job in their first game, and they were on the road at Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Mississippi State won against Louisiana Lafayette 38-28, a game that maybe not quite as close as the score indicated, 
but Joe Moorhead's Bulldogs came out with a 10-point road win, and this was a game, again, it wasn't in Lafayette, it was in New Orleans, but it was considered a home game for the Raging Cajuns. I don't know the breakdown of the fan support there, probably not all that many fans if I had to take a guess, certainly probably more maroon fans if i had to take a guess too but i only saw a few of the highlights of this one but mississippi state as expected they do get the victory against the sunbelts raging cajuns in this game a little bit closer than expected in commonwealth stadium aka kroger field kentucky gets the 38 24 victory over toledo kentucky kind of had to rally late in the game to get this victory as they were tied with the rockets at halftime and then they kind of came out in the second half and had just enough steam to fly past the Rockets, 38-24. The great story of the day, I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. Let me first tell you about Alabama. They easily took care of Duke, but it took a little while. They did not score any points, neither team, in that first quarter. Alabama finally got going in the second and third quarters, and they pull out the 42-3 victory at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Now, Georgia, they were doing, I guess, what you expect from Georgia. They they beat Vanderbilt. That's not surprising. At Vanderbilt Stadium, the Dogs win 30-6 to in that first week game on the road, an SEC East matchup there to start the season. But they took care of this kind of challenge that Vanderbilt has out there for you. It's always a weird deal for a big power program like Georgia to go into Vanderbilt Stadium, especially when we don't really know what Vanderbilt's going to be like here, replacing Shermer quarterback here in 2019. But I guess Vanderbilt, some way you could find some pride knowing they didn't totally get blown out here in this game at Vanderbilt Stadium, but Georgia does win 30-6. to LSU wins easily over Georgia Southern, 55-3. to Joe Burrow, he threw five touchdowns in this game. In fact, he got the SEC Offensive Player of the Week honor for his great performance in that game at Death Valley. And then the team that got the, I guess, greatest publicity for the greatest win of the entire first weekend – those Auburn Tigers. Bo Nix, oh gosh, he is the new man in the loveliest village on the plane. And man, he deserved it. This is a freshman, a true freshman. His daddy was an Auburn quarterback, and he's making people forget about his daddy's 1990s heroics behind center after this game against Oregon. Auburn wins 27-21, and if you saw the footage, Auburn was in Ducks territory right there in the last minute of the game could have easily kicked a field goal and won the game, but they decided the Gus Bus to roll the dice and they got a late touchdown there in the closing seconds and won 27 21 over the Quackers from the Pac 12. And Auburn, we've got great news, Auburn fans. With that win, the Plainsmen move into the top 10 of college football. In fact, let me go ahead and run through the AP Top 25 after this first week of games. No surprise, Clemson is number one. They are dominating with the votes. 54 first place votes for the Dabo Sweeney coach Tigers. His alma mater, Alabama, is number two in the latest AP Top 25. And then no more first place votes for any other team, FYI. Georgia checks in at number three and LSU is at number six in the latest AP Top 25. And those Auburn Tigers, They are number 10 after that big win in Jerry World against Oregon. AU, number 10, the Florida Gators, who did not have to play last week since they played that first week zero game, I call it, against the Miami Hurricanes. The Gators at number 11 in the AP poll. The Aggies of Texas A&M, they look pretty good in their 
not-so-tough fight against Texas State. The Aggies will be at Clemson this weekend, by the way, and they could really move up if they knock off the Tigers here this weekend in Death Valley. Aggies at number 12. Other SEC teams in the top 25? Well, there are none. There are no other SEC teams beyond Texas A&M. As a couple of teams did get a few votes, Mississippi State got a handful of votes, and that was it. That was it. So there's some of the, I guess half the SEC needs to step up its game. It's only in the second week of college football. I think there's, there's plenty of time for everybody out there. Now let's talk about some of the not so good stuff that happened. We told you about South Carolina and Jake Bentley. He threw those interceptions in that loss to North Carolina. And we found out after the game, it really was this week that we found out that the Gamecock senior is out for an extended period of time with a foot injury. Will Muschamp added that Bentley could be out either six to eight weeks if the injury does not require surgery. And if it does require surgery, he will probably miss the remainder of the season as he injured his foot in that loss to the North Carolina Tar Heels. So the Garnet and Black turns to true freshman Ryan Halinski as he's expected to start on Saturday against the Charleston Southern Buccaneers at williams Bryce Stadium. Oh, by the way, Charleston Southern and their fellow FCS team from just down I-26 in Charleston County, the Citadel Bulldogs, both of those programs had to evacuate Charleston this week. So the Citadel went to this little lodge up in the mountains of South Carolina near Traveler's Rest, and they're practicing this week at North Greenville University and Furman University, which is actually their Southern Conference rival. Charleston Southern, meanwhile, and by the way, they're this they're staying the Bulldogs at the Citadel, which play Georgia Tech next week. In case you're wondering, this week they've got Elon on the road. The Citadel's playing; they're, they're staying at this like Christian resort up in the mountains. Pretty neat. Actually, have stayed there like four out of the last five years because of hurricanes that have happened. They've had to evacuate Charleston. Now, the the funny thing is the Charleston Southern Buccaneers, who again play the Gamecocks this weekend. They got a little late start in their planning, and they could not get any hotel rooms several hours inland. They play in Columbia this weekend. They couldn't get any hotels because they needed it for like 70 different rooms since they're a football team, you know. And they had to be there for days because of the evacuation of Hurricane Dorian. So Charleston Southern is actually in a hotel room all this week in Charlotte, North Carolina. And where are they practicing? Well, we're bashing the Gamecocks for having all this hardship with Jake Bentley. Will Muschamp has rolled out the garnet and black carpet, and the Charleston Southern Buccaneers, who actually play the Gamecocks on Saturday, are practicing this week at the Gamecocks facility in Columbia. So they're bussing in from Charlotte, although they're based in Charleston. They're now living for a couple of days up in Charlotte, which is, what is that, four hours away from Charleston? And then they're driving a bus down I-77 to Columbia to work out in preparation for their saturday game in columbia a tough day i don't know how much working out they got going on in columbia today because of dorian but isn't that kind of crazy these hurricanes really put a kink in a lot of people's planning in charleston southern the bucks of the fcs big south conference they're having to adjust but again will muschamp letting his opponent for this week work out at his own facility which they've got a beautiful facility now just across bluff road from williams bryce stadium they've got a huge indoor facility that they're hoping to make a difference there's a arms race between all these major football programs and gamecock fans when they saw what clemson did with their indoor facility they had to try to outdo them i don't know if they were successful in that but they're going to have to hope that they have a better quarterback play going forward with Ryan Halinski, whose brother committed suicide a couple of years ago. He was also a college football player. 
and his family has relocated from out west to Columbia to support him. And now he's the guy, the guy that Will Muschamp's calling on to be Carolina's quarterback going forward until Jake Bentley returns. If, if, that's a big if, if he actually does come back. More injury news from the SEC. Offensive lineman Isaiah Wilson of the Georgia Bulldogs. He suffered a lower leg injury at the team's Wednesday practice, and he could be out for a couple of weeks. It's been reported by Dogs 24-7 that Wilson suffered a sprain of some sort, and the timeline for his return could be four to five weeks. He made his 15th straight start for the Georgia Bulldogs at right tackle on Saturday in their game against the Vanderbilt Commodores, a game won by Georgia 30-6. He was the only UGA offensive lineman to remain healthy for all of last season, never having to leave a game for a significant amount of time due to injury. A native of Brooklyn and a Georgia Bulldog, now uh, unfortunately for him, having to deal with a little bit of a hiccup injury-wise. We wish all the best to UGA offensive lineman Isaiah Wilson, and hope to get him suited back up in those silver britches before you know it. Hey, CBS is going to have a big game on the SEC here in a couple of days. And you might hear a familiar voice when you tune into the CBS broadcast. You're going to hear the voice of Gene Steratore. You might remember him from his days being a ref in the NFL. He actually was also a NCAA basketball official and actually might still be doing that. I'm not really sure. But Steratore is going to be on the SEC on CBS broadcast as a rules analyst. So when you tune in, this guy who, if you'll remember back to his days in the NFL, he was the guy that I remember there was some kind of uh, flag penalty. And he's like somebody, he said something like somebody was giving somebody else the business and a colorful character and you'd think if he's retired from the nfl as an official he would be pretty darn old he's really not that old he's in his mid-50s gene steratora on cbs now the sec on cbs gets underway on september 14th when the defending sec champ alabama goes to columbia to take on the gamecocks at williams bryce stadium and gene steratora going to be part of that broadcast looking forward to that also, I want to let you know if you go to Columbia, not the one in South Carolina, but the one in Missouri here throughout football season, Mizzou's stepping up its game, and they just released a list of some of the activities prior to Mizzou home football games, and I'm fairly impressed by some of the acts that are going to be performing there in Como. First off, this weekend, SEC Nation is going to be in the house as Missouri gets ready to host West Virginia. That's a big matchup there for the Tigers, and so SEC Nation of the SEC Network in attendance for that one how about next weekend we just played you some or earlier this hour we, we kind of promoted southern rock music coming up september 14th the ozark mountain daredevils will be performing in columbia before a missouri home football game september 21st alec davis october 5th dj joe october 12th norm rubling band and shallow that will be outside for Rowfield on November 16th. DJ Joe returns, and on November 23rd, which actually might be their homecoming. Homecoming was created at Columbia, Missouri. No concert there for the 23rd of November matchup for the Missouri Tigers. But hey, sounds like a fun time. Got to go check out the Ozark Mountain Daredevils September 14th if you're going to go see Missouri play football that day. Now, if you want to know more about what's going on in the Southeastern Conference, the Mountaineers do come into Columbia for a game this weekend at Memorial Stadium for Oakfield. This game kicks off at 12 Eastern, 11 Central on ESPN2. 
the Nears and their new coach who came over from Troy leading his team into Columbia, Missouri for a battle of a former Big 12 team versus a current Big 12 team. Also in Columbia, South Carolina, those Charleston Southern Buccaneers who are calling Columbia and the Gamecocks practice facility home this week. The Bucks of the FCS and the Gamecocks of the South of the SEC, and they have a kickoff on the SEC network at high noon Eastern, 11 Central from Williams-Brice Stadium. Intriguing matchup in West Lafayette, Indiana, as at ross Aid Stadium on Saturday, the Purdue Boilermakers and the Vanderbilt Commodores get things going on the Big Ten network. That's a 12 Eastern, 11 Central kick on the Big Ten Network. A big game in college football, a top 12 matchup from Memorial Stadium. Death Valley, Clemson, SC, the number one Tigers and Dabo Sweeney and the trash-talking Texas A&M Aggies come back to Death Valley. They played about 15 years ago, I think, A&M went into Columbia, or rather Clemson. Duh, forgive me, Clemson fans. I just call Clemson Columbia. There, There is a difference between Columbia and Clemson, South Carolina. But the Aggies of College Station will be in Death Valley, Death Valley Pickens County, South Carolina, for this 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 kick on ABC. And will the Aggies get revenge for last year in that close, heartbreaking game at Kyle Field? You'll just have to tune in and see. A little bit of a rivalry game renewed in Davis-Wade Stadium on Saturday afternoon at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Stark Vegas time on ESPNU. The Southern Miss Golden Eagles to the top will be going on to Hattie's, from Hattiesburg on up to Stark Vegas for this game against Mississippi State. This is a 3.30, 2.30 kick again on ESPNU from Davis-Wade Stadium. Cowbell optional game between the Golden Eagles and the Bullies. Uh, not optional if you wear that maroon into the stadium. You, you better be ringing it and ringing it proudly on Saturday afternoon. Alabama has a breather to speak. They've got New Mexico State coming in. The Aggies and the Crimson Tide kick it off at 4 Eastern, 3 Central on the SEC Network from T-Town. Georgia takes a little breather here this weekend. The Racers of Murray State ride into Athens for a 4 Eastern, 3 Central kick on ESPN2 between the hedges. Murray State of the OVC. I don't know how well the football team's doing these days. Of course, last year, Ja Moran was a great basketball player for the Racers, and he was the number two pick of the Memphis Grizz in the NBA draft. But I don't know if Ja's got any football eligibility, but if so, hey, he might need to be there in Athens pulling on his Racers to victory this weekend. As mentioned, Tennessee, they've got BYU coming into Neyland Stadium this weekend. The Vols, man, after a tough loss in week one, they are ready to get that behind them. And no better way to do that than to beat BYU, the independent program coming into Neyland. And I don't know if it's going to happen. We'll have to find out when UT tries to get their first one of the season. Hey, good news, Tennessee. You got a little bit better chance of winning next week if you don't win this week, as the Chattanooga Mocs will be your opponent next weekend. But I'm not sure if Jeremy Pruitt's team can beat that team out of Hamilton County. Just don't know yet. We'll find out how they do against this team from out in Utah on Saturday evening, 7 Eastern, 6 Central start between BYU and UT. Huge game going on at Royal Darrell Royal Texas Memorial Stadium on the 40 Acres in Austin. The Texas Longhorns ranked number 9, and the number 6 LSU Tigers have an awesome game on ABC Saturday evening. It's going to be a lot of fun to see if Ed O's Tigers can go in there and get the victory against the Texas Longhorns. Hey, a rivalry game renewed. General Gridiron, he's going to tell you about this come Friday or tell you about it today. But the Tulane Green Wave actually lead their series against the Auburn Tigers 
a series that hasn't been played all that much since Tulane left the SEC back in the 60s. But the Greenies right into Jordan-Hare Stadium, where Auburn's ranked number 10 in the country. Everybody's high on Auburn all of a sudden with their freshman QB. Tulane looked pretty impressive in their Week 1 victory over Florida International there at Yuleman Stadium in the Big Easy and Tulane's got a real chance, in my opinion, in the game against Auburn. That game kicks off 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Plains time on ESPN2. The Florida Gators have a little bit of a breather. They didn't play last week since they played that Week 0 game against the Miami Hurricanes back in late August. The Gators and the UT Martin Skyhawks will be getting together at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium and two bits will be out the cheer before this one that might be the most exciting thing of the day 7 30 eastern 6 30 central kick on espnu between the ut martin pacer skyhawks and the florida gators kentucky has eastern michigan a team that went on the road last week and won at coastal carolina and eastern michigan rides into kroger field in lexington for this 7 30 eastern 6 30 kick on the sec network and last but not least, the Mississippi Landsharks and the Arkansas Razorbacks get together in Oxford at Vault-Hemingway Stadium, the opener for the Landsharks. This game televised on the SEC Network. Somebody's got to win as Arkansas barely got past their FCS opponent last week in Mississippi, lost to Memphis. That game, again, kicks off at 6.30 Grove time on the SEC Network. And that is your SEC lineup for here, the second week of college football. Stick with us through the break because when we come back, we've got some quick audio to share with you. We've got audio coming from Tennessee head football coach Jeremy Pruitt and LSU Ed Orgeron. Coach O and the Tigers are going to be taking on Texas this weekend. We've got some audio from both of those coaches as we wrap up our SEC Spotlight and our Thursday edition of the Y'all Show. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app with plans at up to 50% off right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. For a limited time, get select Babbel plans for up to 50% off. Just go to Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. 
Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Jeremy Pruitt is the coach of the Tennessee Volunteers in his second year on Rocky Top. Tennessee fell to Georgia State last weekend. This weekend, BYU is the opponent. And on Wednesday of this week, Jeremy Pruitt went to the mic and Knoxville to talk about his program, a beleaguered program, here on the Y'all Show. It's their team, you know. Uh, it's uh, If you're vested in something and you have passion about something, uh, you confront people. You know, that's what leaders do. So uh, I, I, that's good to see. We'll keep working until we figure out who the five best guys are. We're going to play as many guys as it takes for us to have success. If that's five, if it's ten, if it's eight, okay, that's what we're going to do. Tennessee coach Jeremy Pruitt as the Vols try to right the ship this weekend with BYU coming into Neyland Stadium. Well, the LSU Tigers have their bags packed. They're going to DKR Stadium in Austin as they take on the Texas Longhorns in a SEC versus Big 12. Donnie Brook, it's going to be a lot of fun tuning in this one on Saturday. And Coach Orgeron getting his team ready. Got Joe Burrow, who had five touchdown passes in that win last weekend over Georgia Southern. Here's the coach of the Tigers getting his team ready for the Longhorns. And I wanted them to get in a game without causing any turnovers. I mean, that's the big reason I wanted them to get get the feeling of a game, see if they can hold on to that football. I thought John's first play was excellent. We all saw his athletic ability when he made that cut. Tyron did good, but, you know, Lord ran well. And so did Chris Curry when he came in. And we're going to use all five, but that's going to be a cumulative effect throughout the whole season. We're going to need all five. You know, we say feast of famine on, on Blitzer, but, you know, they're zone Blitzer, so – it's not like they all out man blitz or zero blitz. You know, they have three covers, roll and all that stuff. So they can protect themselves. It's more less than four or five slant one way, slant the other way. But I'm sure that our offensive guys have some things to counteract that. The head man of the Bayou, Ed Orgeron, coach of LSU, as his Tigers get ready to take on the Texas Longhorns in Austin this weekend. This game's going to be a monster game on ABC. Kicks off at 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Austin time from DKR Stadium in Austin, Texas. And that is your SEC Spotlight, and we get ready for the second week of college football. Isn't this great? Oh, it sure is. Well, thank you for listening to Y'all. We'll be right back here on Friday with the Y'all kickoff show, all Southern college football talk for two hours. And then, of course, on Monday, we return with a look back at all the Dorian coverage of what happened to this hurricane hitting the Carolinas here in the next 24, 48 hours and all the other happenings of the South. This is Y'all. Thanks for listening. Honey, I just switched the family to Boost Mobile and we got so much more. Awesome. Like what? We got four free LG Stylo 5 phones for the whole family. Four lines for just $25 per line per month with unlimited gigs. I smashed up the car a bit. And they have a super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Whoa, four free LG... Wait, back up. Did you just say you... Four free LG Stylo 5 phones? Yep. No, no. Something about the car? 
Oh, you mean Boost's super-reliable, super-fast network. Before that, the car-smashing thing. What? The smashing deal we got? Four lines for just $25 per line per month? No. Between the four lines for $25 per line per month and the unlimited gigs part, you said I smashed up the car a bit. I did. It's completely smashed. We need a new vehicle. But four free phones. Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. Offer ends 916.19 or while supplies last. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation. One free device per line. Includes mobile optimized data. Additional terms and restrictions apply. Offers and covers not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app with plans at up to 50% off right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less. And... You can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. For a limited time, get select Babbel plans for up to 50% off. Just go to Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Hey, y'all. Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be... Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. And I should know, because my grandfather was a firefighter, and one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires, which means always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So for the love of the outdoors, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.